Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Dazon Digest. I'm April Dyer, a liaison clinical pharmacist with Dazon, and I will be your host for today's episode. The title of this episode is A Decade of Fluoroquinolone Stewardship, and we will be discussing an article published in Antimicrobial Stewardship and Healthcare Epidemiology in November 2022 entitled Fluoroquinolone Stewardship at a Community Health System, a Decade in Review. We are sharing this episode on Friday, December 9th, 2022. We know that fluoroquinolones can be an appealing option for treating patients because they are available as an oral therapy option. They treat a variety of infections, including offering oral coverage options for susceptible Pseudomonas aeruginosa infections. And fluoroquinolones don't pose challenges for patients with beta-lactam allergies. However, this drug class has its downsides such as serious and potentially permanent musculoskeletal and CNS adverse events that have led to labeling warnings by the FDA. Also, fluoroquinolones carry a moderate to high risk of causing Clostridioides difficile infections. Also, fluoroquinolones drive antibiotic resistance in Enterobacteriales and Pseudomonas species. They've also been associated with methicillin-resistant Staph aureus and extended-spectrum beta-lactamase-producing organisms. If you were a Dazon Network Hospital, you've probably taken a look at fluoroquinolone use and identified some strategies to reduce the use of these agents with your liaison. We probably started by benchmarking your fluoroquinolone use, then drilling down to see if we thought any above benchmark use was driven by empiric prescribing or prolonged durations of therapy. We may have even identified types of infections where fluoroquinolone use could be optimized, such as urinary tract infections. Perhaps you perform prospective audit and feedback, redesigned order sets, or prescribing guidance documents with fluoroquinolone sparing options, launched a beta-lactam allergy campaign, or educated clinical staff on the harms of fluoroquinolone use. No matter the initial driver of use or reduction strategy, it's been notable that fluoroquinolone use within the Dazon network has continued to trend down year after year due to these stewardship efforts. Since fluoroquinolone stewardship is such a large area of focus within our network, I felt that this article that looked back on 10 years of fluoroquinolone stewardship was very applicable to our hospitals. To be a steward is to play the long game, and it's important to look back and celebrate the wins your program achieves over time. So let's jump into this article. In this article, Elena Swingler and colleagues set out to describe inpatient fluoroquinolone use and susceptibility data since they started an ID pharmacist-led antimicrobial stewardship program in 2011. This was a retrospective surveillance study conducted at Norton Healthcare, which is a large health system consisting of four adult hospitals licensed for approximately 1,600 beds and located in Kentucky. In 2011, a full-time ID pharmacist and part-time ID physician started the hospital's antimicrobial stewardship program and laid a firm foundation for the program by optimizing the antimicrobial formulary, updating order sets, creating antimicrobial use guidelines, and educating pharmacists and providers. After these measures were complete, the ID pharmacists began providing prospective audit and feedback on fluoroquinolones and other broad-spectrum agents. In 2017, the stewardship program expanded to have an ID pharmacist performing prospective audit and feedback at each of the four hospitals. Like many of the community hospitals within Dazon, formulary restriction was not implemented. The hospital tracked fluoroquinolone use in days of therapy per 1,000 patient days and reported that use quarterly from 2016 to 2020. Inpatient data prior to 2016 were not available for retrieval from the electronic health record. The hospital obtained levofloxacin susceptibility data for Pseudomonas aeruginosa and E. coli from their health system. 
The antibiogram methodology was first isolate per patient per year and did not include surveillance isolates. The laboratory system was the microscan walkaway system and Clinical and Laboratory Standards Institute or CLSI breakpoints established prior to 2019 were used for this study. Since the study looked at four hospitals, the adult hospital susceptibility rates were aggregated and weighted according to the number of isolates per hospital per year. The proportion of fluoroquinolone susceptible isolates among all isolates for each species was reported. Susceptibility data were available from 2010 to 2020. The authors used line graphs to plot fluoroquinolone DOT per thousand patient days and susceptibility changes for E. coli and Pseudomonas aeruginosa over time. Linear regression was used to create trend lines and help describe changes over time. Scatter plots showed fluoroquinolone days of therapy per thousand patient days versus levofloxacin susceptibility in E. coli and Pseudomonas aeruginosa. Pearson correlation coefficient, R, and p-values were also reported. R software was used for the statistical analysis. The hospital noted a decrease from 83.5 days of therapy per thousand patient days of inpatient fluoroquinolone use in the first quarter of 2016 to 21.4 days of therapy per thousand patient days in quarter four of 2020, which represented a 74% decrease over the five-year period. The hospital noted a fairly steady downward trend in fluoroquinolone use from first quarter of 2016 to fourth quarter of 2020. The susceptibility of fluoroquinolones to Pseudomonas aeruginosa increased by 57%, with an absolute increase of 30%, while E. coli susceptibility increased by 15%, with an absolute increase of 10% from 2010 to 2020. The hospital's antimicrobial stewardship program efforts appear to have been successful at reducing inpatient fluoroquinolone use and antimicrobial resistance among Pseudomonas aeruginosa and E. coli. These results highlight the importance of a well-resourced stewardship program. Other literature has found that stewardship interventions improve antibiotic use, decrease resistance, improve clinical outcomes, prevent adverse events, reduce C. difficile infections, and reduce costs. This project helped the hospital's stewardship program justify resource support and expand to provide more comprehensive services. Over five years, the hospital saw a 74% decrease in fluoroquinolone use and noted an absolute increase of 30% in levofloxacin-susceptible Pseudomonas aeruginosa and a 10% increase in levofloxacin-susceptible E. coli. Other studies have noted 20% reductions in fluoroquinolone use with antimicrobial stewardship programs and wide variations on the impact of antimicrobial resistance. A potential reason for the greater reduction in fluoroquinolone use in this study is its longer observation period of five years, where many other studies were looking at one to two years of data. Other studies showed a greater magnitude of resistance reduction with fluoroquinolones when observed over longer periods of time as compared to shorter time periods. This study noted greater reductions in Pseudomonas aeruginosa resistance to fluoroquinolones, which is consistent with those studies. It also noted a reduction in E. coli resistance to fluoroquinolones, where other studies have noted either no impact or marginal improvement. This study had a few notable limitations. Fluoroquinolone use data were not available prior to 2016, so the correlation of use to susceptibilities for the time period is unknown. The authors did not identify any other activities that may have impacted organism susceptibilities, such as clinical interventions, operational changes, or infection control practices. Due to the lack of antibiotic use data prior to 2016, the authors could not assess the impact of the program prior to the intervention period. Resistance trends were not captured for other drug-bug combinations. 
The hospital was not focused solely on fluoroquinolone stewardship during the study time period, but also on stewardship of other broad-spectrum agents. So increases in resistance for other drug classes would not be anticipated. However, the authors did not assess them in the study. If the authors had applied the updated 2019 CLSI susceptibility breakpoints to their study, they would have noted decreased susceptibilities for these organisms. The authors opted instead to use consistent breakpoints, since the new breakpoints would have been a major confounding factor for the purpose of this review. I will note that the interventions used in this study are very similar to what are deployed in most of our days on hospitals. Within the days on network, we have also noted great reductions in inpatient fluoroquinolone use. This study is further evidence that non-restriction-focused antimicrobial stewardship works. I think it is important to take a look at where your hospital started with antibiotic use and view the successes the program has achieved over time. Antimicrobial stewardship is a long game, and this study is a good reminder that consistent efforts over time add up to improve patient care. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. 